matter what hour your clock strikes, here it's always Halloween, and I'm always your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. And today we are celebrating our new co-producer, Greg Nussen. Now, if Greg's name sounds familiar to you, it's because he has been working behind the scenes with me on research for the witches chapter coming up soon, I promise. And he did all of the research and helped me shape the Midsummer Scream episode, the history of haunted attractions. Greg is an academic and a filmmaker and a film critic. We work together at Videotech. We've been friends for three years here in Los Angeles. He was one of the first fans of It's Always Halloween, and he has been behind the scenes helping me out here and there on things, including with research. And he wanted to step up and take over Pete's position. So he will be coming on as a co-producer, a sound engineer, an editor, and he's also going to help me with all kinds of behind the scene things as we make this transition and we look towards the future of the podcast and how we want it to look. This is a crazy time of transition. It has been one of the scarier things to happen to me this summer ween. We absolutely are devastated to say goodbye to Pete. Next week's episode will be our final episode together. And he's actually going to join me for a small frights. So if you haven't gotten in any emails or voice messages on the hotline for Pete or with Pete in mind, please do so this weekend. We will be recording our final episode together on July 30th, Sunday the 30th, and we would love to include any final messages that you have for Pete. We hate to see him go, uh, but we're excited that one of our own will be bumped up to uh, do a little bit more. And if you are curious about who Greg is as a person, what types of Halloween experiences he has, what types of historical things intrigue him, what his movie preferences are as a film critic, then you want to tune into this episode. Greg and I talk about all things Halloween, horror, film, and history, as well as get into some personal stories about uh, working at the video store together. As a content warning, this episode does include very frank discussions of death and rituals around death, as well as mentions of suicidal ideation and sexuality. Now, this is a very fun episode, despite those things. However, if you listen with somebody who would be sensitive to those topics, or you yourself are sensitive to those topics, hey, no hard feelings. Not every episode is for everyone. Just wanted to let you know that there will be a couple of minutes here and there throughout our entire episode where those topics do come up. I want to give a huge hearty Halloween thank you to the Patreon ghoul gang whose subscriptions help us produce each and every episode of the podcast. We would not have made it through this transition without the ghoul gang support. And Greg will be taking on a larger role in several areas. And I couldn't have him take on more responsibilities without the support 
of the Ghoul Gang. So thank you for ensuring that this podcast can grow and reach new heights. Each one of you who subscribe monthly or annually, at whatever level, you are making a difference and you are helping us out. And I want to welcome our newest members. We're super excited to have you here. Allison, Sharon, Danica, and another Allison, Allison P and Allison A. You all are helping us keep the podcast ad-free, independent, and sustainable. If you would like to help us make each episode of the podcast and get an extra heaping of Halloween thrills and chills, then go to patreon.com slash it's always Halloween. There's a level for everyone. You can sign up monthly or you can sign up annually and get two months for free. We have got our Discord, we have a monthly spooky book club, we have our monthly movie parties and bonus episodes. In fact, our bonus episode for this month is with Greg. So if you listen to this episode and you have a blast listening to Greg, learning about him, and you want to hear a little bit more about his film criticism and his perspectives when it comes to horror films, you got to check out our newest bonus episode where we will be discussing The Creature of the Black Lagoon, which I am screening this Saturday, tomorrow, as a double feature with Lake Placid. We're doing a double feature, creature feature, and we're exploring what's in the murky depths of the water, a very scary place for a lot of people. And Greg and I get into that in the bonus episode as well. So if those perks pique your interest, then please check us out. Read more at patreon.com slash it's always Halloween. And even more exciting news, the pre-orders for the Lantern's Way Volume 2, there's a ghost are now open. That's right. You can go to displacedsnail.com and pre-order the second issue of The Lantern's Way, the only handmade zine for and by the community of lanterns surrounding our podcast. Last year, we focused on Halloween costumes. This year, we want your ghost stories. Did it happen to you? Did it happen to someone you know? Maybe you have a bit of family lore or an urban legend to share. Maybe it's just a photo of your dog with a bedsheet thrown over him. We want it all. So please send your ghastly submissions, real life ghost stories, poems, illustrations, photos to the lantern's way at gmail.com by August 25th to be included in the zine. So you can pre-order it and it will be sent out the last week of September so that everyone has it by October. The pre-order price, this is a special price for people who get their order in early, is $10. After we launch and start manufacturing them, it'll be $12. So like I was saying in the last episode, still very affordable, but you do get just a little bonus for helping us with the production costs up front. Joe Carlo, the founder of Displaced Snail, will design, print, and assemble the zines. I will be including my own spooky facts and haunted history. Grim Turn Nathan will be contributing illustrations. Defective Pudding is back with a haunting new cover. 
and Katie Hegel, zine queen and author of the book Kitchen Witch, will be contributing some writing as well. So that's one more month to get your submissions in, two more months to make your pre-order, and you can visit DisplaySnail.com for all of your zine needs, including last year's issue one, which will continue to be available as long as the ghouls are clamoring for it. Now, I think it's time for everyone out there in Halloween land to meet Greg Nussen. Today, I am absolutely thrilled out of my mind to welcome our brand new co-producer, audio engineer, jack of all trades here to help me make It's Always Halloween stepping into Pete's very large (laughs) shoes. Greg Nussen, former researcher for It's Always Halloween. I guess you will keep doing that. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much. It's so exciting to have you here. I wanted to do this. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, good. Thank God. (laughs) Please let the people know that you are not being held against your will. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I didn't invite you to discuss research and then demand that you produce the podcast with me. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. No, I'm I'm truly so excited. I'm a fan. I'm a friend. That's true. You are a fan because um, you were the first person of my friends to compliment the podcast unprompted did I? in 2020. Hey, yeah, I'm an ally. <laughs> you are. Yes, that's really important. I'm a Halloween ally. Uh, yes, you're an ally and you're a freelance film critic. Mm-hmm. You can see Greg's incredible writing in Salon, Slant, Bright Lights Film Journal, Veg Vish, Vish, Visages. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Knock LA and the servant. Plus, he's a film programmer like me. Yeah. Uh, I think the lanterns know I program for uh, the Axe Wound Film Festival. Mm. And Greg works on the Seattle Film Festival, AFI, and Holly Shorts, yeah. which is coming up True. this month. His past podcast, because he's not new to this, folks. He has got experience. He made Dance, Magic Dance, a fantasy film genre podcast with his wife, comedian Hannah Pilkes. 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 Okay, great. Pil- yeah. Pilkes. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're saying right. <laughs> uh, great. And more on that later, uh-huh. an NPR parody with Tim McCairn. And- <laughs> I love the, the Irish <laughs> twang you just gave it. Thank I got to tell him, Tim is of Irish descent, so good. he will like that. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. <laughs> um, I didn't quite practice this ahead of time. I am also friendly with Hannah, and I'm sorry I whiffed no, her last name no, there. No, 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 it's fine. I guess if you were Dutch, you would say Pilkish. Oh, I like that. Yeah. She should try that. You know, when she is Dutch and her father is very Dutch. Yeah. And if you're in Amsterdam, I guess that is how you would say it. Okay, great. But Pilkis. Okay, in, Amer- in yeah. America. Yeah. A lot of people go Pilks. That's what I thought yeah. it was yeah. when I first met y'all. Sure. Sure. I was wrong. And that's okay. Thank you. We're all learning. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and today we want to learn all about you. Okay. I think I told you when we were first talking about this position that um, the Lantern community, everyone out there in Halloween land, uh, loves Pete. Yes. And it's very sad that he's leaving. I know. And I was like, I can't hire just somebody. Sure. 
this has to be somebody who's like wants to get involved, yes. who cares about the lanterns. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you do. Well, I, I hope I will do a serviceable <laughs> job <laughs> replacing him. Uh, you absolutely yeah. will. You've already worked on the podcast. True. You did all the research for our live episode uh, for Midsummer Scream last year, The History of Haunted Attractions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in which we went all the way back to antiquity and studied how mazes influence the modern-day haunted houses. Yes. And then you have, for a long time, been helping me get witches ready and it's the research is done, and now I'm just putting the episodes together, and we're gonna start releasing those now, Crazy. leading up to calendar Halloween. Crazy, yeah, so many, so much, a lot, so much, <laughs> so much. <laughs> many books, in fact, have been written about the history of the witch. That's what I've been saying for about two years. I've been trying to do yeah. this, and it's, um, you know, when you have an idea, and then you realize it's um, not that it's a bad idea, but you were naive in thinking that you should have oh, anything to do with sure. it. Sure, I recently started a Substack because, of course, <laughs> yes, I've been enjoying your. Thank substack. you so much. Yeah. I appreciate that, and I've been trying. Trying to keep to like a once a week, um, like thing. a writing schedule, yeah, yeah. But sometimes I was like, you know, I'm not doing this anymore because this week I was like, I'm gonna write about, I'm gonna do like a sort of reflection on Greta Gerwig's work so far. Oh, I love that idea, yeah, totally, of course. <laughs> <But> I'm like, <laughs> it's a great idea, that takes a lot of time, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> did you already announce that you were gonna do no, it? No, no, see, that's well, that I, was I the smart thing, that's where I went wrong. Oh, uh, really? As I did a really great chapter on the history of skeletons, yeah, uh, during lockdown, all of it was still during lockdown, and then I had the idea to, to have the next chapter be on witches, right? And then that's when lockdown started lifting, and I was working on surprise, yes, and then I was like, oh, wait, I can't actually make this podcast this intensely if I have to also leave the house. Sure. It was the not leaving the house that helped me create two episodes a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you and I are similar in this way. We're like, oh, I have so many ideas. I'm going to do all these ideas. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a minute. There's actually a limit to how much how much hours I have in the day. Which is oppressive and <laughs> I think wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But I this is particularly how I get in like my writing academic work because I will be like, oh my God, and this movie's like this movie and I could compare these two movies and I could sort of situate it in the context of human history. And I was like, no, that's going to take like months of research. That's a dissertation. That's a dissertation, you absolute moron. You already have two masters. It's so so hard to like uh, consolidate my brain sometimes. uh, I can't learn this lesson. Oof, it's hard. It's really, really hard. So I'm hoping that the two of us together are struggling with this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll somehow exactly. help each other out of drowning. <laughs> I know. Or this will be the biggest catastrophe. Sure. No, no, man. We'll, we'll build each yeah. other up. Mm-hmm. We'll have such huge ideas for the podcast that we'll have nowhere to go but down. Right. Perfect. So this is an exciting future it's for It's Always really Halloween. really exciting. And if you think about it, that's what life is. Is in, Yep. That's true. At any moment, we could torpedo <laughs> down into the earth. At any single moment. That's actually a big part of what the podcast is about, is our fascination with death and how that has created yes. Halloween and every single iconic offshoot of Halloween. Right. So um, yeah. I think that we're coming from this from a great position. Great. Yeah. What Have you ever had an obsession with death? Oh my god, of course. Um, absolutely. I've never been like scared of death. 
And more so just like, God, how, how dark can we go <laughs> right off really the Really dark, really dark. Um, you know, uh, sure, I'll say it. I'm a survivor. I, I try, attempted the suicide in high school. I'm good. I'm cool now. Um, We're so happy you're A long here. time ago, I truly feels like another human. I really mean that. It does feel like a different person entirely. Um, but I feel like I had this, I, you know, for a long time thought like death, it was like a, was like a comforting feeling to me or yes. not a feeling, but a comforting idea that like the struggles, whatever struggle I was dealing with day to day, like could, um, could go away <laughs> someday. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So I think in that sense, for sure. I mean, I were like was blessed to have all four grandparents for like a long time. And then they kind of died in quick succession, actually. Yeah. Similar. But I do remember my, like my childhood best friend's grandfather dying when I was like, Oh, I don't know, 12 years old maybe. And I was like, Oh, that happens. You know, like it was like the first person like sort of close to me that I was like, Oh, this people go away. Um, Did and that I freak was, you out as a kid? Was. No, but I wanted to like know more about it. Like my, mm. I wanted to go to the funeral, and I don't know why, but my parents were like, "No, you're not going." That's not appropriate. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Interestingly, I think they were like, "That's you shouldn't do that." And I was like, "But I want it." Like. I was saying, like, I want to go because he's my friend. I want to support him. But I think really Sweet. in my head I was like, what is death? Like, what yeah, is this thing? Yeah, what does it look like? You know? And the fir- and then Chris Farley died. I don't know when that year, what year that was. Mid-90s. But like, I was such a Chris that Farley fan. devastated me, too. Yeah, huge. Yeah. And I, I think was- that was another one of those moments. I was like, oh, people, people don't just, like, stick around. Yeah. Chris Farley is an early celebrity death memory that I have also. Mm. And a girl that I went to school with who was a year or two younger than me, who I also did theater camp with, um, drowned in a friend's pool when we were young. And it was really... So the the girl uh, whose pool it was was also a friend. And so it was like, not only did this little girl die, but it was like in someone else's pool. And that family was also affected by it. And that was the first time that I remember going to a funeral, although I think my grandfather might have died before that, but it was like when I was five or six, so we wow. weren't very close. Yeah. But the the girl who I was in theater camp with dying was very memorable. Totally. I believe that she went to our church also, but all of this is like very fuzzy because I was quite young, uh-huh. but um, she loved sports and she always wore, like she loved Cleveland sports and she always wore like different jerseys sure. and stuff. And I have this memory of like her dad coming down the aisle at the funeral bawling oh. and might've been a single father. Oh my God. God. And just like bawling and holding this really nice Cleveland Indians jersey and just sort of like sobbing into it. Ugh. And yeah, I can't ever like that memory is just like here to stay. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like no, I think away that was like m- the thing that I was just like, this is bad. Mm. But then I also grew up across the street from a cemetery. Uh-huh. So, and I learned how to roller skate there. I learned how to ride my bike there. And yeah. my parents taught me how to do grave rubbings, which now I think we know are not good for gravestones. And you shouldn't do gravestone rubbings because really? it erodes them. Uh, yeah. Just lots of pressure over time ends up messing up sure. the writing. Of course. But 
in the 90s. It was, like, very cool and fun. Uh And also it was, like, a good way to get up close and personal with, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, graves. Sure. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Graves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was very comfortable in that setting, which is a place that, like, a lot of people think is very scary. And I've always found graveyards to be really peaceful, spooky in sort of a fun way. Sure. Because they are a little odd. Yes, they are. I do like being in them. Mm-hmm. And I do like looking at people's names and when they died and if there's little epitaphs yeah. and all the little kind of codes that, you know, prayer hands or a tree or an angel doing this. You know, lots of gravestones are coded. Yes. Older. They don't really do that as much anymore. Yeah. I find all that stuff really interesting and I like observing it. And yeah. I know something about bearing witness to people's lives oh, yeah. and being like, oh, I see you. Like, I know. Marsha Brown died in 1860. It's like, I made a movie about this, sort of. I mean, like, my first short film was uh, about, like, a man who just becomes obsessed with giving eulogies and for people, you know, like, crashing funerals. And do I not, you don't know? I have not seen this film. (laughs) I need to see this film. It's called The Eulogist, and it's like, I I made this movie in uh, 2019, but it's... uh, it's a, the concept of it is about this guy who like loses his parents and he finds a lot of comfort in like the eulogy and he like just sort of stumbles into this like weird underground world where he's like giving, uh, he's, he gets like hired to, um, give eulogies at funerals for people like people who can't do it. Yeah. Or like they, for whatever reason, um, Wait, I love this idea. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we gotta watch. We gotta throw it in the uh, show notes for people. Oh, to watch. sure. Why not? It's. I think it's online somewhere. I'm not. I haven't checked in a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I also think like rituals around death are so interesting. I'm Jewish, and like the the funereal practices in Judy and traditional Judaism is so specific, and like you bury the the body has to be buried like right away, and um, the the uh, uh, um, the coffin has to be uh, uh, like a cedar pine or something. I don't know. A very specific type of wood that I'm probably not saying right, but like it's very it's not ostentatious, right? Um, you have to be buried. Like you can't cremate in Judaism. Just like very specific things. And then also, but speaking of bearing witness, there's a tradition of uh, somebody who watches over the body. Mm-hmm. Um, overnight before it gets buried, mm. and I think the idea is that the that the soul is not alone, if, you know, as it like passes, whatever. It's kind of nice. Yeah, there's also no afterlife, right. you know, in Judaism. So I was thinking about this too because like a lot of horror iconography, especially around you know more like Christian symbolism, like The Exorcist, for example, like which I love. Yeah, but the exorcist doesn't film. like rock me. It doesn't hit if you're not. Catholic. I'm like, I know what these things are. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> well, you're watching but someone like, else's rituals and beliefs. Yeah, and like, it's not as scary if you right. don't think you can be possessed. Yeah, I do. Right, <laughs> right. Like I don't have that fear. Right. Um, Whereas it hit my yeah. parents really hard because they were both raised Catholic, went to serious Catholic school. Yes. And I think that's why it also hit so hard in the 70s because there were so many people who grew up going to, like, totally. Catholic school. But it's yeah. not the scariest movie ever made if you don't have any context for any of that. It's disturbing, and you it's can understand it. It's so disturbing, it. for sure. But and it it's not, interesting. Yeah. I'm and not like, this could happen to me. Yeah, it doesn't have that level right. of fear, which is, I think, what was hitting for people at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. 
Um, there is Jew. I feel like you know at some point maybe we could talk about doing like a Jewish horror episode because I would like, love to. It's an interesting sort of sub genre, and there is like a lot of mythology in the Old Testament that is like weird Ripe and terrifying, for like dibbics and yeah. golems and. And there's only one dibbic movie, I think. It <sighs> came out a handful of years ago. There's a new, yes, there is like a, a one from, I don't know, something, 2017. 2015, yeah. yeah. But there's also like an old one from like the days of Yiddish cinema. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, and I'd there's a golem film. There's a couple ones that are lost, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean but that they won't be found, you know, for the Academy. That should be something that the Academy Museum looks yeah. into because... There was just an incredible exhibit. Maybe you saw it of um, like the history of black cinema. Yes. And they called them um, movies that were made entirely by black film crews, writers, actors. Uh, They called them race films. This is in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And while they were doing the research for that exhibit, they unearthed a handful of films that they thought were gone forever. And then the Academy used their resources to completely rehabilitate them and like. Yeah, make them like viewable again, yeah. mm-hmm. which is really cool. Totally. And like exactly what that money yeah. should be going exactly. to. <laughs> right, exactly. So who knows, you know, if that's something, a project that like, you know, of course it's like should be given money. Hopefully somebody sees fit to like get interested in it, you sure. know, because. Must be hiding in some closet somewhere. Well, exactly. Like not everything, things are lost. It doesn't mean they're gone. Yes. True. But yeah, that would be really interesting. I would love to do that, um, especially because that's a huge area that I don't know much about beyond just cinema enthusiasts. Yeah, level. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought this up too, because something that we hear a lot on the podcast is kids who were raised very mm. religious uh, in a Christian household or a um, yeah. evangelical household. Uh, a couple of the Ghoul Gang Patreon members who I'm close with had this experience too that I've heard more stories about personally. And they were raised to not celebrate Halloween at all, that it was like Satanism, you know, and that it was dangerous and it was a threat to your soul, essentially. We've gotten a lot of interesting stories from people calling in saying that they found Halloween in their teens, 20s, 30s, or they found Halloween through their partner and it's Mm. become a celebration that like Mm. their spouse or loved one, it's like about their relationship now, which Mm -hmm. I think is really beautiful and sweet. Yeah. Um, So... Because uh, there's no Satan in Judaism. True. Does uh, <laughs> Satanless. <laughs> A Satanless people. Um, <laughs> because you are the Satanless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, is there any? Uh, is there any pushback to Halloween in Judaism that you know about? Is that something you ever heard about growing up that um, gosh, maybe didn't in want? like I mean, I grew up in a conservative household, as in conservative Judaism, not political conservatism. Very different. Yeah. Um, but uh, and you know, we were pretty well assimilated family. I don't think so. But like, uh, I you know, probably for more religious people who just see like anything outside of their religion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think there's any like, uh, Hasidic Jews in, in Brooklyn that are like celebrating Halloween necessarily. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Although we'd love to hear from them if you are. <laughs> yes, please do reach out. Uh, absolutely. Although like Hasidic exploitation is like a whole another genre of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, no, I like, you know, I was encouraged to celebrate it just like anybody else. I will say that like I, avoided horror because I'm the scaredy cat for a long time. (laughs) I have two older brothers and I'll never forget 
I think it, I'm not, I can't remember if it was Scream or I Know You Did Last Summer, but my oldest brother, like, who's six years older than me, came home from seeing, it must, was that 96? Are both those movies 96? They're, well, Kevin Williamson wrote both of them. Yeah. Um, and they're like a year after another. So right, I think it's right, like, right. I think Scream is 95 and okay. I Know What You Did is 96. Yeah, so I mean, I was like six years old. And my brother was 12, and he, like, had come from somebody's house and had, like, watched one of those movies and was so traumatized (gasps) by the film that he stayed up all night, like, playing video games because he couldn't get his mind off of it. And and I was like, oh, God, oh, I can't. I could never. I could never if my big bad brother. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) And I certainly couldn't, you know. So I... I think in a lot for a long. Also, I th- you know the ninety late nineties is like. And it was scream is ninety six too. Is like that sort of became a thing. And oh yeah, that was like well, Saw was like let's say two thousand and one. So scream right. was ninety six. I know what you did was ninety seven. Yeah. Saw kicked that off, and that's more a Y two K thing. The nineties right. was the teen horror cycle. Right. And I, I don't know. I but think, yeah, if you're coming uh, of age in Y2K, God. none of that stuff seems fun. No. Hostel, Wolf Creek. No, no, no. For a while, it really was just every horror movie was like as brutal as possible. And then yes. French extremism started at that time yes, too. Yes, totally. High tension, So murders. it took a while for me to like start. Now I just consume it. But I, it was a while before I was like, okay, I, I'm an adult now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I was I so scared this. by, we were kind of joking in this conversation earlier, but like even like kids' home invasion movies like oh, Home yeah. Alone, yeah. just the idea that I would be threatened as a child by an adult coming into my house yes. really scared me. And I love those movies still, but like it did sort of instill this expectation that adults did want to hurt me. Yeah. And so I've always, I've never been able to handle any home invasion stuff. And I've gotten better mm. at it now. Now I like slashers because I can understand the genre sure. better. But I couldn't watch any of that stuff, even as a teenager, because oh, yeah. those were all about teenagers getting murdered. And I was already yes. convinced that I was going to be murdered. Yeah. And we had, just like in Scream, we had one of those glass um, sliding doors in our, like, in our oh, back room God. that l- looked out on a patio. It was so similar. That is terrifying. And I was so scared every time I'd turn on the floodlights that there would be, like, a dead body back sure. there or a killer or something. Who knows? Yeah, totally could not handle it. Yeah. Too much of an overactive imagination. I think that is what is, makes the Scream franchise so scary is that it is this, like, massive meta-commentary, blah, blah, blah. But there is also, there is, like, a legitimate terrifying element to it and then how it feeds itself because in the sequels like that this has become such a uh phenomenon that there are people out there dressing up as ghostface and murdering people and it's like well that could happen in my like there's no reason why what i'm seeing on the screen couldn't just be happening in my actual exactly walking life too well and the reveal that it's your fellow friends. I think that's the thing too. And it's like, oh, we do live Anybody in a time period where there's right. like, it's like, what if it's not Michael Myers? Mm. What if it's not like a boogeyman? Yeah. But it's like somebody you know. Yeah. Yeah. Is way scarier and realistically with crime statistics more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it is a very effective franchise for that reason. And, I think it's why people still love it because I think too, it's like teenagers are still children, even though it's like, yeah, you're getting more responsibility and like you do get to stay home alone. You do get to drive. Yes. You are maybe experimenting with substances and, you know, sexual experiences. So it's this weird time here where like you're a child who doesn't necessarily know how to fight off Uh a killer. 
But you are doing adult, you're participating in the adult world at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really just kind of a scary time to be alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most scary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I do think that's a big reason I didn't get super into horror, although the PG-13 horror stuff was really taking off, like, Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. um, the others. Yep. Like I saw all of that. Yep. That's I started getting into all of that stuff. Oh yeah, Sixth Blair Sense Witch. was huge for me. Yeah, when so that I came out. I yeah. got really into those types of movies. Mm-hmm. Mothman prophecies. What lies beneath? There were so many good. Oh like, my PG-13. god, what lies beneath? Of course, so good. Harrison Ford, right? And, and Michelle yes. Pfeiffer. Yes. Yeah, it's got a great cover with just her fingers over yes. the bathtub, and it's white, which is cool because you don't see like white on a horror movie very Absolutely. often. Absolutely, I remember when that came out. Yeah, it's I remember one back in the, the days when you would like, oh, back in the days when you <laughs> <laughs> just remember like, I used to love like, I mean, it's so easy to find movie times now, which is great, but I do like kind of miss the tactility of like opening up the, the, cap- newspaper. the like newspaper and being like. Ooh, and like having to find like the theater's listings. Yeah. Great. I can make a five, 10 showing of what lies beneath. Yeah. (laughs) Or like a quarter advertisement of that movie, like the poster in black and white. And then it would have the like different theaters it was playing at at the bottom. Yeah. I really like that too. I used to, um, in college, I subscribed to the Toledo Blade. Okay. And we, uh, we always went to the $2 theater off of Airport Highway. Okay. <laughs> and, and my uh, boyfriend Warren and I figured out that we could see about five movies in a day. Oh my God. So our Sunday, my favorite thing to do, I'd get up on Sunday, I'd have a bowl of grape nuts and <laughs> I would open the Toledo Blade grape and I would sit there before he got up and I would do the math on the um, how long each movie was Wow. and then figure out what order they needed to be in so then we could also have a break for dinner or lunch. Oh my God. And it was my favorite fucking Thing. You did a five movie day. Yeah, typically every every weekend, every other weekend, four to five movies a day. Oh my, that's crazy. Every Sunday, yeah. I feel like the most. I mean, I used to it used to be my like again Jewish. It used to be like my Christmas day tradition that I would like go and see like maybe three movies, maybe three, but like midway to the third movie, I'd be like, oh God, I can't believe I chose. Even when you were younger, I feel like now I start to feel like that, but yeah, but also nothing lights me up like film. I know. I don't want to do anything else except for Halloween stuff and film stuff. Yeah. So I could really be at the movies. For sure. All day. I mean, I used my, my best friend David and I would go to the movies. We would like buy a ticket to one movie and we would just kind of walk into the next theater and oh, not yeah. pay. Don't arrest me. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the best. It's the oh, best. Yeah, one of my favorite times that I did that actually was my friends and I went to see The Ring. Oh, sure. We paid for The Ring and then we snuck into Red Dragon with oh, Edward Norton after wow. that. The remake of Mindhunter. Yeah, very different. Or, yeah, Mindhunter, right? Is it the, a remake? Manhunter. Manhunter, yes, is the first Michael Mann. actor. And yeah. It's Michael Mann. And it's Red Dragon's a remake of Red that. Dragon's a remake or is Red Dragon a prequel or a something? Damn it. Uh, you I know what? I think it could be a prequel, but please don't yell at me. 
<laughs> we're just going to hit pause here, and then we're going to go to the other room. No, 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 no. Um, no let's find out. But it's we? pretty scary. There's weird eye stuff in it. Okay. There's I've only seen, I've, I've just seen um, Silence of the Lambs. Well, Red Dragon, so the ring was scary enough, and then the Sea Red Dragon after that, I was like shaking the entire way home. 2002. And uh, he, oh, I don't know. I think it's a sequel. Or maybe it is a remake. Oh, God, who cares? People are yelling at us. Uh, you People know what? People are yelling. They're going, get this new guy out of here. I know. He is uh, not entertaining <laughs> us enough. Well, it is. It is. Yes. Okay. Red Dragon is a remake of the 1986 Michael Mann-directed adaptation Mindhunter. I see. Okay. And then Mindhunter is, of course, the David Fincher show on Netflix that got canned <sighs> during the pandemic. Also about serial killers. <laughs> so much content. <laughs> so much um, content. And if, if out there you're marveling at how much Greg and I know, it's because we met at Videotech. Sure. The, uh, one of the few, one of the last remaining uh, local video stores yep. in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. And we realized we had a lot of friends in common because we were both in the comedy scenes That's here. Right. And my first impression of you was that you were pretentious. <laughs> I've heard this before. Have I not told people. you this before? Um, maybe you have. But I realized that we were both kind of doing the same thing to each other, which was like, well, this is what I think about this <laughs> thing. And that we were doing like a little dance uh, for like a couple of shifts. Uh, yeah. And then eventually it fell into like, a, oh, we have everything in common and sure. we like each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. I always, I feel like with my best friends, I'm, I always kind of don't like them the first time I meet them because <laughs> <laughs> you end up being very similar. I'm sure it's some That's really funny. psychological thing where I recognize things I don't, right. I'm sensitive I think that about might with be myself. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I think that's possible. Um, I do remember my first shift at Videotech was with Robert. Huge horror fanatic and yes. also a fan of the podcast. Hi, Robert. Hey, Robert. And he was like... What are your favorite movies? And I was like, um, uh. <laughs> and they're like, it's my first day. I better be cool. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I don't even remember. I have no idea what did I you put say on. Groundhog's Day because that's really your I favorite movie. I hope I movie. was honest and I yeah. did say Groundhog Day because it's um, a perfect achievement filmmaking. I don't actually believe that, but it is one of my favorite you movies. Do love it. <laughs> yeah, it's very good uh, and it's scary. It's existential. It's very. It's sad. It's really sad. That man attempts suicide a million <laughs> so times. many times. Crazy. Have you ever watched? There's a there's a YouTube. Some guy on YouTube very brilliantly did like the calculation of how many days he must have been inside this one day. Oh. And the conclusion he comes to is that it has to be in the neighborhood of ten thousand days. Or no. Something. Yeah. That's horrible. Because it's not just that what they show you. It's also like he references certain days that we haven't seen. Right, and, and then, he learns. Yes, that's the thing. Piano. He becomes an expert pianist, ice sculptor. I mean, it's a joke, of course. But like, no, but if, if you, you if actually gonna, think about it, it's like, in order to do that. To perfect all of these things. He would have had to like be like his X amount of hours. Blah, well, and he blah. becomes a better person, which is several years of therapy. <laughs> that's right. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the effort <laughs> to get a man in his 40s yeah. who is very like uh, sexist and... Right. Um, Selfish, right. yes. To change, that's that's not nothing. That takes time. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. 
Um, a prison. I was up all night, I feel like, the day before I started at Video Tech thinking about what I was going to Did you? say. Because I this was the fifth video store that I had worked at. So oh, I, like, wow. Knew. You knew what to expect. And I was like, okay, they're going to ask me to put something on. I had, like, a plan when I went in there. <laughs> and then I also worked with Robert, and it was the very first day of reopening the store oh. during lockdown. Yeah. And ended up being so That's chaotic. Right, you started like, before me. Wasn't a big deal. Yeah, I was there for like three or four months yeah. before you. Yeah. Um, but I was I was ready, and then Robert was you know very into horror, and so he was much easier to sure because uh, then I was like oh I love Halloween, and he's like I also love Halloween, and right. then all we did was talk about the Halloween franchise the yeah. whole day, so it was like a perfect day. Very different than past experiences at video stores. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you have a favorite horror movie or spooky Halloween y film? I, okay, I mean, this is probably a basic thing to say, but I do feel like the film that kind of reinvigorated my interest in horror was The Baba Duke. Because when yes. that came out, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a whole genre that I've kind of like ignored for so much of my life mm-hmm. out of straight fear. Um, and that's one of the scariest yeah. movies of the last 10 years, in my opinion. I mean, I loved it. Um, uh, she's crazy and brilliant. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Kent, filmmaker. Yeah. Um, what's that follow-up that she made? The Nightingale. Oh, God, one of the most Pretty th- brutal. thoroughly upsetting films of all time. Not traditionally scary. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it as a lantern pick. No, no, no. <laughs> certainly not. Um, no, I, I, uh, yes, I, um... I love, you know, Shining, I've seen a gazillion times. I really love can- the Candyman, like, series mm-hmm. I really enjoy. I feel like the second one is really underrated. It's in New Orleans, and it's got this, like, voodoo spooky vibe yeah. to it that I think is super Flesh. intriguing. Something has yeah. a good- Yo, title, um, right? uh, 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 something of the flesh. Now I'm blanking on it. I but. know. I really always enjoyed seeing the box. Yes, all the bees. Yeah. Ugh. Really gross. Terrifying. Um, I uh, I'm, I saw the animated <laughs> horror film, kids film. Uh, oh my god, I can't think of the name right now. It's a, it's also haunted mansion thing, and it's like produced by Spielberg. Oh, uh, Monster House. Yes, I saw yeah. Monster House like three times in theaters. A Dan Harmon joint. <laughs> oh yeah, he absolutely. wrote it. That's yeah. Right. Um, I saw that at the drive-in mm. and it was a really good drive-in movie. Yeah. That takes place on that. Halloween. Yep. I did an episode on it with the director of the movie Come Play. Uh-huh. Uh, for my old film podcast, You Need to See This. Okay. It's like one of his all-time favorite underrated movies, which yeah. is what that podcast was about. Okay, great. Yeah, and it was very, it really inspired him with uh, his movie Come Play. Mm, yeah. With uh, Jillian Gillian. Jillian Gillian. Jillian Gillian. Uh, Jacobs? Fame, yes. Oh, Gillian. Okay, yeah. Gil- yeah, it's Gillian. Gillian Jacobs. Gillian Harkers. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I knew we'd get Sorry, it. Sorry, we're at um, One thing I saw recently that kind of blew me away is, a, is this horror film called The Cremator, which is a... I've never heard of that. It's a Hungarian horror film. I mean, what a horrible job. Yeah, and it takes place... During, like, at the kind of tail end of World War II. Oh. And he's... And Not he, a great time for... Creating. No, for anything. No. But it's about this guy who, like, de- deludes himself into thinking that he has, like, a huge hand to play in, like, 
the the you know the Third Reich and yeah. and it's really weird and existential and black and white and super. Um, you know, sharp angles, that kind of thing. Ooh, like German uh, expressionism, but yeah, now? sort of like ten. Yeah, it's like part of you know, broadly speaking, of like the Eastern European New Wave, or I guess. But um, crazy movie. When is it from? I will. Look He's gonna this look up. it up. I, yeah, I want to say like '69. Oh, okay. So it's not. I was thinking this was a more modern film. '69. Wow, I'm good. Good job. Um, nice. Yes, uh, Czechoslovakia said Hungarian. I was absolutely wrong. Um, in the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, you know, like uh, what else? I, uh, a lot of things. I love. I have a really broad range. Of course, no. I just um, wanted to get like a little taste. Psycho, of course. I love. I put Psycho on at the store so many times Alien. in September and October. I think it has like the yeah. perfect I calendar mean, Halloween tight vibe. Movie. Yes. And it's so scary. It's so scary. And the music is so scary, and it's so iconic. Mm -hmm. I think it can just... It's one of those movies that the score was used for, like, scariest film moments on, like, countdown shows. For sure. And those shows were always on around Halloween. The score is used so much around the calendar Halloween season that just having it on puts me, like, right in the perfect mood. Yep. Um, What else? I really love The Thing. I really, I also like horror comedy. You know, like Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorite movies. Oh, same. I love Shaun of the Dead. I also put that on a lot this time of year. Mm-hmm. House, the, the uh, Japanese Haoshu. Very good. I just screamed. Wild. In- yeah. Wait, what was that last one? I just said wild. It's wild. Oh, that movie is wild. <laughs> I was like, with Renee Zellweger? Or yeah. Renee... Uh, yes, exactly. Reese Witherspoon? The famous Renee, Reese Witherspoon? Uh, self-discovery film. Yeah. I think it's terrible. It is. They shouldn't be in the woods that long. <laughs> that, there's a very scary scene where there's, she's alone around men who seem unstable, and yeah. I was about to turn it off at that point. Yeah. Uh did not like that film. Yeah. Made me made me declare I will never walk the Pacific Crest Trail. Sure. And everyone around me said, of course not. Nobody was thinking that you might. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I would say, like, nowadays my, like, I, I'm really uh, attracted to, like, the more atmospheric, more expressionist type of, like, stuff, uh, um, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, like Pulse. Oh, Pulse terrifying. is like one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Um, I would really I love to screen that for Patreon, but it's so atmospheric. Yeah. Um, and sad as like this so might not sad. be like the right atmosphere. And also, for just a one of those. Party. I was so struck with that movie how like so much of you're just like, why is this happening? Like yeah. the whole time you're just like, why is this happening? Um, and you don't have any answers. It's ter- that's what makes it so scary. Yeah, like, well, and the way it plods closer to death yeah, all the time. Yeah, you're always death is just right there all yeah. the time mm-hmm. until it takes over everything. Yeah, it's really um, a claustrophobic movie, despite being in a lot of wide open spaces. Yes, I would think I mentioned this off mark, but like I think one of the things that I persistently am scared of, or that it, like gets me on the screen, is like. Slow movements and mm. empty spaces, and yes. like what is going to happen? Like the negative space, anything can happen in a negative space. You know, like uh, like I said, like possession type of stuff is I get scary thing, but it's not something that I feel like haptically or whatever. Yeah, um, or uh, or like um, 
you know, werewolves or vampires, I'm like, great, love it. I love the feel of a vampire film, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gorgeous, erotic, gay. Yeah, but is that going to give me nightmares? Probably not. But, like, the movies where, I'm, where like, it's just an empty corridor. <laughs> yeah, and there might be something back there. Yeah, and, like, a door creaks open. <laughs> terrifying. Get me out of here. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. I'm in corridors all the time. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I would love to know then, when you were growing up, when you trick-or-treated, did you yeah. like the idea of doing scary costumes? Or was it just, like, whatever was, like, in your mind that year? Because... I was looking back, and I mostly did not choose scary costumes, no. and now I only want to do scary costumes. Oh, really? I resent the, like, forced-upon sexiness. Oh, yeah, Or yeah. the funny. Yeah, no, I don't like how many puns there are sure. to costumes. Totally cool if you're um, a pun costumer out there, but... In the L.A. comedy scene, there's right. a pressure to be funny in your Halloween I costumes. Know, and I'm like, I'm not on stage right now. I shouldn't have to perform every yeah. minute. Although one year I did go as a undercover cop for Halloween that was cl- like very bad at being undercover. And I was pretty proud of that. That, that sounds cute. I, <laughs> I think w- if you can pull it off, that's great. I just don't like it when people expect it. Right. Yeah, no, I totally. And the, and the pressure of it is really off-putting to me. Like, I think, and I still feel that even now as somebody in my mid-30s, that I'm like, oh, that got to be interesting or cool yeah. or whatever. I, you know, I kind of can't stand that part of it. No, that's also my problem. I'm trying to remember what I even dressed up as as a kid. I definitely dressed up as a Ninja Turtle a couple times. I love oh. the Ninja Turtles. Oh, cute. I got to find, there's this picture of me in the local Illyria Halloween parade where I'm a ballerina and there's like a handmade Ninja Turtle behind me and I oh. love it so much. Yeah. It's like such a moment. Totally. Um, I don't think it was like a superhero kid because I didn't really read comic books. Mm. Um, but I definitely had toys and I think I dressed up or you know probably like as a basketball player you know like <laughs> just like throw on a Lakers jersey and be like that's a costume yeah. right well that's so funny because in second grade I was a cheerleader oh and I look at that yes it is interesting yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like why yeah, I was a cheerleader it's so, and I, well, I had on my elementary school sweatshirt yeah. and my mom sewed a little matching skirt that okay. went with it Adorable. and I wore saddle shoes which yes. I don't feel like are athletically appropriate right and then I got the matching little pom-poms and there again in the school parade I am flipping the, I got to imagine that the pom-poms were the draw. Mm-hmm. I was eight, you know, yeah, so I have like, to believe I was fun, like... something to hold. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And there's someone in that, in one of those pictures, there's my classmate Blaine Felton behind me dressed up as an army man holding a giant fake rifle. Oh, my God. And I was thinking how funny that was. <sighs> and something probably um, would not be encouraged today. No. Well, in my years nannying, they now they don't let kids take any fake weapons to school, nothing. And one of the schools nearby here uh, didn't allow any scary costumes Mm. because it was like scaring the younger kids, which to that I almost say, "Hmm, a little too woke. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Um, And that is something that I agree. (laughs) I think being terrified um, at school on Halloween is part of the experience. Yeah. And scaring the younger kids is yeah. part of the experience. But I think, you know, I, uh, I I don't need to get too into it, but I did just see the new Haunted Mansion, which will have been released by the time I guess people hear this. And there is a line in the beginning that I just really loved and I thought was really sweet, which is that this character says, death can be a doorway to joy. Oh, I, like, I love that's that. That's an interesting turn of phrase, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that is what Halloween is kind of about. It's like, you know, we're just 
daring for a while to be like, let's think about death. Let's look at death. Let's like uh, explore death. Let's try it on. And, yeah. And see what happens. Uh, yeah. And revisit like the love that we have for those who have passed through the veil. Yes, totally. And celebrate those relationships yeah. too. It's really in all of my research, it truly seems like it's mostly American culture that mm. is obsessed with like, let's not talk about it. Let's sanitize yeah. it. Let's not go to cemeteries. Like, right. this is depressing. Stop talking about mm-hmm. it. And that's like a major thing that I, you know, kind of wanted to normalize on the podcast as well is just that, like, death I want, yeah, it's, and it's a part we, there's no life without death. So, like, right. we have to talk about it. We can't ignore it. And it's also really interesting. Yeah. And it's connected to almost every aspect of this tradition. Mm-hmm. So, I think getting comfortable with it and like walking right up to it in like a safe way and in an educational standpoint is like very important for us to lead the best possible lives that we yeah. can lead. Yeah. Because why else would life be exciting if there wasn't like the <laughs> threat of death? Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine something any more terrifying than being immortal? Oh, that's the point I feel like of a lot of vampire stories, right? As people are like, I have had enough. This is crazy. Yeah. That's what's so great about The Hunger. I screened that last Uh, month. Yeah. Is like Susan or Susan Sarandon's the new, the new Mark, but Catherine Deneuve, who plays the head vampire, the lead. Yes. She takes, you know, she's like, yeah, you're immortal to her like new lovers. Yeah. And they are immortal, except for they do age, which is something that she doesn't say. Right. So she has so she has these people in her life who she's turned that become decrepit and mm. are sort of like their bodies are breaking in the ways right. that like um, the the characters in Beetlejuice kind of do when they're back in their wedding clothes at the end of the film, like jaws are breaking off yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, the Maitlands. Uh and she's like, okay, well, now that you're gross, I'm going to entomb you in my attic. <laughs> so her attic's just filled with um, coffins of mm. people who are immortal but yeah. decomposed, yeah. which I think is really, really hits at that point oh, of how totally. scary immortality is, where it's like less scary if you're young yeah. and hot, but yeah. if you're dust, but you <laughs> have consciousness, yikes. And a lot of, I think a lot of elderly people feel this kind of, at some point, you know, I think there is this inevitable moment where an elderly person's like I th- I'm my body's breaking but I don't get to experience peace yet and that's really that's a terrifying like uh thin line I could see that to be on I mean I think line, yeah. anybody who also has like chronic pain I've definitely had horrible like flare-up days where sure. I'm like I can't my body Take is a prison yes yeah and when I had all my teeth issues last year I was like I I don't I don't know how the fact that people live through pain for long periods of time, I truly don't understand it because it is like your brain is just held hostage by like this, like meat all around you crushing you. (laughs) (laughs) Sack. We're just, we're just a bunch of sacks of meat. Sweet little meat sacks. Walking around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well getting back to, uh, costumes, did you have one that was a favorite that like sticks out to you where you're just like, man, I crushed it that year. (sighs) Wow. Um, <laughs> not a scary costume, but one year I was feeling a little lazy, and I but it ended up being quite fun because I put on I all I did was put on a Batman T-shirt <laughs> and a Red Sox hat, and I told everybody it was Ben Affleck. <laughs> okay, that's funny. And it got cons- it consistently got a laugh. And I didn't have, it took no effort. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have this and I have that. 
Uh, I wonder if that'll work. So you're proud of that one. I mean, you know, (laughs) I don't think I've ever dressed. God, is this true? I don't think I've ever dressed up. In a scary outfit before. Is that <gasps> is this the year? Should we do scary outfits I mean, this year? Maybe we should. Yeah. You know? I, I really want to press you on it now. Well, yeah. Maybe we should do Hausu themed. Uh, oh. You could be the head in the well. Okay, great. That would take a lot. I wonder. How <laughs> yeah, to do that's that. a lot. That's yeah, a hard the problem outfit. is that I have zero craftsmanship. Ability. That's also my I problem. I can't do anything. My <laughs> costumes were good for a long time because my mom helped me. Sure, them. of course. I can't do anything in this uh, in this realm at all. No, all I have is a large closet filled with vintage clothes I've been collecting sure. for like 20 years. So every year I just try to turn that into something. Yeah. I have an idea for a good couple's costume with Isaac this year. And it all is going to come down to if I have time to put it together. Yeah. Yeah. Would you enjoy or no? I do enjoy, I don't craft. I don't really like crafting very right. much. Um, and I don't sew. But I like, you like the I like the challenge. Part, yeah. I like the conceptual. I love conceptualizing sure. things as we've discussed sure. already. I love putting a costume together with what I have and yes. then like what I can find out in the world. I'm not a big like, I like the idea of like finding things that are similar. Mm-hmm. I don't like the cosplay um, idea of getting things exact. Yeah, I don't like yeah. zeitgeist stuff. I don't like stuff when it's exact. Like, I remember like I, I was Warren, my college boyfriend, and I were Wendy and Jack Torrance in uh-huh. college, and we we literally like just picked up like mountainy looking clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's all. We I didn't do. like rewatch the movie. Right. I remember all night people being like, they didn't wear that. And we were like, <laughs> like who cares? Yeah, get off my back. Like, yeah, I, like, I have like a whole you pumpkin get the idea. filled with beer here. Right. This isn't like the Ritz. Yeah. Um, which, you know, famously has these costume parties that are very exacting. Sure. <laughs> exactly. But I don't like, I don't know, any, any type of regulation of like costumes at all, I think really stresses me out. Yeah. And LA is very like, there's lots of money here. There's lots of time. Right. People are very exacting about stuff and I don't, I don't love that. Yeah. I remember one year I went, actually the same year that I dressed up as a bad undercover cop. (laughs) (laughs) I was holding a skateboard and there was a label on it that said property of the LAPD. And then I did that on my hat too. And I just kept going out to people and being like, hey, where are the drugs at? I'm not a cop. Anyway, I got <laughs> kind of bored after a while. But I was at this part of like a massive house party with like a lot of comedians. Mm-hmm. And then this woman came in dressed as a Victoria's Secret model. It's like, that's a costume. But she was did wearing. Did she have the wing? She had wings and she was wearing like pink lingerie and just very sexy. In the, it was like so not the vibe. Yes, of course. <laughs> Everybody else is wearing these like ironic costumes and she's like so I'm here to have sex and everyone was like who is that person why is she here that's hilarious yeah. I had a very similar thing happen to me at one of my college Halloween parties where we were doing we also were like I was Courtney Love that year uh, my friend was a um, drunk kindergarten teacher Great, <laughs> uh, sure. my other friend was a Lego like they were all very <laughs> unflattering yeah costumes and like we were uh radio station djs and that was like our group of friends also and so we were all like punk metal sort of like riot girly schlubby you know the indies the what is it indie sleaze sort of look Uh and that was like no matter the gender everybody kind of dressed similar greasy swoopy hair home haircuts so we all look like that 
<laughs> and then this gaggle of like four sorority girls come in in these like tight, sexy costumes. And my best friend who was dressed as like this drunk kindergarten teacher and I were like, what is <laughs> happening? Who are those girls? Who do they know here? Because it was our friend's party. Yeah. And like, it was like this group. The sexy thing is a, was a weird thing. Well, it was, well, we go. We went up to that. After they, you know, hustled a bunch of beers from the fridge, we were like, who are you? Yeah. And we did the, like, who do you know here? Because we were just like, we cannot have our gross men thinking that, like, this is. Right. Like, they're supposed to be paying attention to us, the gross <laughs> yeah. girls that are here. Sure, sure, sure. And I was, so I was like, do not start piquing our guy's interest, mm. you know? And so I was, I kind of gave them a hard time. They didn't know anybody. They literally just walked in because it was a big party. Mm. And so I, like, hustled them out the door. And then they, they were, the one girl called at me that I was um, just jealous of her because I had a fat ass and couldn't fit into her costume. Okay. And then I famously threw my drink at her. Yeah. And I said, everybody here loves my fat ass. And then everyone behind me at the party screamed and cheered. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's a real epic high school moment. I wish I had a single moment that was comparable to that. It was like a really incredible, it was one of my best uh, Halloween party moments. Yes. Um, and also at that party, a friend of mine got a huge, he was dressed as a character from Back to the Future. And at one point I realized that the back of his shirt was like sliced open and I was Uh like, what's going on back here? Why did you rip your shirt? What'd you do? And he's like, what? My shirt. And then I look and there's this huge gash like running down his back and he's like bleeding. (gasps) And we were like, what's happening? And he, we have no, to this day, nobody has any idea what happened if like a weapon from a costume got loose or something. But he got like slashed in the back, like Ow. from Freddy Krueger. Everyone's like, "Cool blood!" <laughs> yeah, blood at that. <laughs> that looks party. really real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he had to like, but he changed and he put on like as one of those skeleton wow. jumpsuit things. Yes. And then the next day he was just like, "My back really hurts." Oh my god! What? What a weird mystery. <laughs> but we have no idea. Like a what ghost. Happened. A ghost slashed him from beyond. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was a really good. Damn. That was a really good Halloween party. It might be my favorite yeah. still. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not a good costumer. It turns out. Hey, there's still time. Oh, well. I'm happy that we have another bad costumer on the podcast now. I actually get intimidated by people who are really good at costumes. Sure. I do like it, though. People send in their costumes. It's one of my favorite yeah. things. I'm just, um, I'm envious. I want to be the person who, like... Who makes does, a good one. Who does that. And I, But I'm working on releasing that and accepting yes. that I'm the person who does this. Yes. Other people will make the costumes. I'll talk about the costumes. Exactly. I'll, I'll boost them. There you I'll go. I'll put them in the zine. You're an ally. I'm an ally to the <laughs> no, costumer. We're back to that word again. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what about trick-or-treat? Do you have any trick-or-treat memories that you're like, man, that year? Like, what um, was your trick-or-treating situation like? Did okay, people wait. give out full-size bars? Um, so, my, I grew up in Santa Monica, the west side of L.A. My parents are still there. And, like... It's one of these neighborhoods where once, like, my, I was on 18th Street, and some streets are, like, no trick-or-treating seems to be happening, and then other streets are, like, oh, this is where everybody in the West Side comes, you know, so you would just, like, go over to that street, I guess. Yeah. And I'm, what, there is a, oh, my God, it's going to come in, I can't remember his name, but I do remember this one year that we went trick-or-treating, and the, the owner of the house was that game show host, he's done, like, a million game shows, 
and he's like, I think kind of right wing now. Hmm. Is this ringing any bells? I mean, there's somebody who knows. One of these lanterns says what I'm show, talking about. I can think of as like Merv Griffin, Bob no, Barker. Younger than that, but Pat older. Sajak. Yeah, it's sort of in that realm. Huh. Doesn't really matter, but like he had this like huge ostentatious house. Um, and you can walk l- up to it, it didn't have a gate or anything. No. No, and I remember being like, I've seen you on TV, uh, and then later in life being like, you are a Trumpy. Anyway, Interesting. not the point. Um, so I'm allergic to a lot of things. Oh, yes, that's right. I have You're a lot, famously all, allergic all to most yeah. Yeah, mainstream candy. Which has had an enormous effect on my sweet tooth, which is that I don't have one. Okay. Um, so I was a little weird. Were you, like, could, resentful like, of trick-or-treating? Like, you didn't get to full experience? I, not, I don't know if I was resentful of it, but, like, I had friends that were like, let's go! Like, we're so excited to, like, get as much candy as possible. And, and I was like, it like, doesn't matter how much I can I have, get. like, one of these things. And yeah. I was like, you're like, you hope know, I get to a Twizzler house. And a Twizzler or a, or a Twix. And it was like, everything else was, like, Snickers and Mars bars and, oh. uh, I don't even know. I guess you could get the else, d- Dots, like, which are dots, sure. famously kind of gross. Yeah. But I do think, like, I, you know, like, I, I, my wife has a really aggressive sweet tooth. (laughs) And so that has, like, I've kind of come around to it. And now I'm like, oh, I want sweet things now. Well, now we have more options. And we have, sure. But before it really was just, like, the Mars company. Mm -hmm. It was like, just so you know, we make everything here where we throw nuts in the air as soon as we get to work. I do remember we had, I had one of those, like, pumpkin, very plastic pumpkin um, trick or treat be- buckets oh, that, you, cute. Yeah, that like everybody has. I have yeah. two on top of my fridge. I remember those. Like we had a bunch of those. I also remember that my mother, because I'm also the son of a dentist, and that like the amount of candy that I could consume on Halloween night was like pretty aggressively I curtailed. That your dad was a dentist. Yeah. That's amazing. Did he ever do one of those things of like turn in your candy and I'll give you a toy? Oh, I don't think so. I don't really remember that much, but I do remember that like. Because I feel like I had friends that, because I would go tr- out trick-or-treating with friends, you know, sometimes, uh, a couple of years, I remember, and, like, we would go back to their house, and, like, I was amazed that their parents, like, they would just dump their candy on the ground and be able to just, like, eat a ton of candy, and I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I was like, I was, these parents were like, well, you can have, like, a few pieces, but <laughs> the rest of it's going in the closet. Yeah, I was only allowed to have a couple of pieces at night. I had to, like... yeah. But I think there were our parents out there that were like, have at it, it's Halloween, go go crazy. Yeah, and we're like, going to Are you to insane? Yeah. That person's going to get seven cavities. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, you, were, you were ruining the fun on Halloween, is what you're saying? You were, uh, you yeah, were the guy. A little bit, maybe. I think I might have been. It's possible. It's very possible. I also cannot stress enough how scared I was. Like, Halloween, like, scared me. <gasps> You know, oh, see more about movies, that. Like, scared me. The very concept kind of scared me. People and did were there like pranks or anything that would happen on Halloween? No, kids? I don't know. It's just like absorbed, like you know, absorbed media and just like being around media and watching TV and just like even the threat of things like seemed scary to me. Like I feel like I was probably like I probably had nightmares about Saw, even though I never saw Saw. Right, right. Like, it was just, like, the, even the idea that there would be this movie where there was somebody who was chopping people up with a chainsaw, yeah. you know, as, like, a game of torture was, like, that's awful. Yes, that's how I felt about you know? slasher movies, too, yeah. growing up. I remember the Halloween music playing on, like, Halloween yes, night. Yes, My parents would be flipping through channels, and I'd be, like, sorting through my yes. candy. Yes, and, and I remember I seeing Halloween in, in college for the first time and being, like, this is unbelievable, and it scared me, and yeah. just... 
even the idea that I could hold those two, because I think I had this idea in my head for a while that like, oh, people who like horror movies, like just, they don't get scared and I get scared. Yes. So, you know, and it's like, no, 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 those things can actually coexist. Like you can, you can like, like both. You can like a movie. It can scare the crap out of you. You can have nightmares for days and it could be one of your favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And you want to do it again. Yes. And you want to keep going. And like, you know, there's like this weird masochism about it. That's really enticing. Um, which I didn't know probably until I saw Halloween as like a you know freshman or sophomore or whatever in college and was like oh my god this is what I've been missing out on um, that was like a total uh, revelation to me and also because I think I had seen Child's Play really young like that was so scary like I was definitely like too young to see a movie like that yeah. And just, like, being around... I was, like, a collected, like, <laughs> such a closeted bi boy. I had, like, <laughs> Beanie Babies. <laughs> like, collecting, <laughs> collecting, like, Beanie Babies and Pez dispensers. And I was like, I only like girls. Anyway, uh, not the point. <laughs> Neither here nor there. But, like, I, you know... Um, I mentioned this earlier, but, like, I had this... I saw Child's Play, and then I saw Toy Story. Very... It's close to each other. And then I had this, like, weird mashup dream where my, uh, you know, Ninja Turtles... And and GI Joes were gonna like come to life and kill me. Yeah, and I was like, this is awful. Yeah, like that's not fun. I know. After I saw previews for Child's Play, I had to ask my mom to pack up all my porcelain dolls that I yes, had. Yes, and very smart of you to do that. It was because you well, don't know what's gonna happen. No, exactly. And they were um, on top of the dresser that was directly across from yeah. the foot of my bed. So I'd be laying in bed and I just see their eyes like at night. Yeah. And I was like, these have to go. And one of them was a Christmas one that you could turn on and it would had one of those candles that would light up. Yes. And it would like play music and it would move yeah. like um like a sprinkler, you know, sort uh-huh. of. Um and I was just like, I, I can't. I was like, Mom, you have to get rid of these dolls. I'm terrified of them. Yeah. And she's like, Yes, we will. And so I lived a lot of my life thinking those dolls were gone. And then in the basement one day when I was looking for something when I was a teenager, I saw that she had saved them all in there <laughs> in a box in the basement. And I was like, I can't believe these have been in there. Oh, my God. Time. They could have killed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not, not once yeah. was I like, oh, I'm glad my mom did that because that fear was unfounded. Yes. It was like, wow, the threat of death has been just below me this entire time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, one of the, so Tom, the, our grim turn, we have two interns, grim turns, uh, Tom, who helps us do all of our archiving and the moderates, the, uh, discord for the most part, it's not official, but he helps with a lot of discord stuff. Cause I'm like kind of discord dumb still. And, um, Nathan, who helps with all the book club and Kitchen Witch and various other tasks, illustrations and the like. And uh, Grim Turn Tom wanted to know what uh, what are your biggest musical influences? Because oh. you're taking over. You're going to be like picking yeah. music and spooky sounds and sure. stuff. Now, you and Pete are a little different because Pete is a musician. Uh-huh. He's a comedian and a musician. Yes. And you're you're more like well, you and I are very much on the same track. Yeah. Right. We both write about film yeah. and uh, make film. Yes. Work at a place slinging <laughs> film. Um, yeah. So your influences are more cinematic, like mine mm. are, but you do also just love art in general. Sure. So do you true. have musical influences? Do you have like scary music you're interested in? Are mm. there like Things you want to explore sonically with the podcast? Um, I 
Well, I love jazz. It's like I love love jazz. I've always loved jazz. I grew up. I played trumpet for a long time. I played trumpet. Did you? I was bad at it. Yeah, Me seventh too. and eighth grade. But it did. You know, taught me how to read music, and that's cool. Yeah, I have since forgotten, um, but I think I could pick it up again if yeah. I tried. Um, and then I got really into to jazz, and um, like my, you know, I love. Miles Davis and Coltrane and Dizzy Gillespie and uh, and um, uh, Keith Jarrett is one of my favorite musicians of all time. He's this he's still working and he's a he's a he make does improvised uh, uh, like concertos. Ooh, it's incredible. That's really impressive. It's nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't even understand. And I've listened to, he's very, his, one of his most famous concerts is the Cologne concert. And he's in Ooh. Germany and he improvises. It's just crazy. Anyway, I love him. Um, I do listen to musical, to, to film scores quite often. Like, and, uh, like I love, you know, I think Carpen, John Carpenter's like person, uh, or, um, his original scores for his own movies are incredible. Amazing. The John Carpenter anthology is yeah. probably what I listen to the most when I'm working on the podcast. Mm. I really like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I made the mistake of choosing to put it on for um, intimate quality time one uh. night and <laughs> I was in it. Like I was like, this is hot. I'm feeling this. Sure. And later I learned that it didn't work for, for Isaac. Yeah. yeah. He was like, Oh, that was really, intense that's so funny <laughs> i was like okay this is maybe wow. just like a that's me a very time. specific thing you know what the music that play yeah. i can see that now <laughs> <laughs> but at the time i was like nothing is sexier than this music wow i remember freshman year at college i made out while well, cars was playing on the tv D- and then oh, the person awful. i made out later really made fun of me about that and i was like listen <laughs> um so yeah horror wise <laughs> like i just i mean i love carpenter's films and i love his i think he you know, i love his music uh i love jazz not particularly scary i guess but i do think there's uh no, but there's a way is to make jazz really cozy yeah. though too in autumnal because a part of the podcast you know yes. is like we're not I mean, we like to explore fears, but I'm not necessarily trying to scare people, although I, I have before with uh, my historical research. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like there's a lot of coziness to our sound, yes. you know? And I don't know if you've seen on YouTube, but there are these really great, like, autumn collections of music where it's like, mm. take a fall trip, yeah. and then it's just jazz for like eight hours yes. and it's like you're on a road in the rural new mm. york looking at foliage yeah um the other composer i'll throw out there actually is because uh, i'm really interested in in horror films that have these more like minimalist scores where there's you know really uh not like a, a ton of like orchestral stuff happening but like maybe a couple things or whatever mm-hmm. they're more suggestive Ooh. it's not a horror film but if you've seen the movie woman in the dunes yes that movie's very scary i think so too like i don't know if i would call it going to go to horror film but no, like but it's it, unsettling it is i mean there's people are like literally trapped in a sand dune but the yeah. composer for that movie is this guy named toru takamitsu and his his music he did a bunch of um Kurosawa movies, but he also did Kaidan, the uh, oh, uh, Kobayashi the- horror movie film, and mm-hmm. his 
musical compositions are like really sparse and there's mm. like this goes back to what I was saying earlier about like being scared about empty corridors but yeah. like there's this something really scary to me about a musical score where there's a lot of like negative space and it's Ooh. you know maybe the time signature is a little bit irrational mm-hmm. um, I think that really accentuates like this very like what the hell is gonna happen type of vibe absolutely yeah Oh, I love that. And good to work to also. Some yes. people just put out that stuff on when I'm writing, but yeah. I do. I find that driving sort of pace mm-hmm. to I be can't listen to stuff that has words. No, not if I'm, I'm writing. writing. Yeah. If I'm doing chores, I like it. Yes. But I can't no, when I'm writing, it's like it's insane to me because yeah. I'm like hearing words and then trying to yeah. create words. Yeah. Very bad. Very bad. Um, well, that's great because we also don't want words as our musical background while I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. perfect. Great. <laughs> I put on another podcast. Underneath. <laughs> yeah, just underneath. They're like, it does drive me a little mad to hear these two voices. It is a Vogue and a Sane Asylum yeah, of exactly. the 60s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we do our, like, our heavy psychoanalysis episode. Yes, we have to. Know. I've honestly been like very curious about exploring like the insanity um, as as like a horror trope for yeah. the podcast it's just like heavy and like kind oh, of intense sure but it's such like a it's a thing that's you know constantly being re-examined and like what's appropriate what's not appropriate yes. while it still is like the idea of like losing one's mind or having your mind change sure. in irrecoverable ways is is still like a very legitimate fear and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. definitely scary when you have people in your lives so that happens too yeah, yeah. I always think that's just like, I not always. I've recently been thinking about that a lot because a lot of these older horror movies that we were revisiting are mm. super hinging on just like madness. Yes, definitely. Especially anything with women. Um, I've always said I love movies where women are being uh, driven to the brink of madness <laughs> by an unkind society. Right. <laughs> Right. And you know they're losing the battle when they go like, I'm not insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're like whipping a candle around. Yeah, the, and not, I'm trying to tell you something. <laughs> oh, like you're not helping your case here. <laughs> Pulling their hair down around yeah. their face. Please. Please. <laughs> Why won't anyone listen to me? I have the answers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are my favorite movies. Those are the best. Those are actually what I want more of. In fact... One of my all-time favorite movies that I've been talking about for years is about to come out on Criterion this October, yeah. which feels like a huge validation to me. The Others. Totally. When Nicole Kidman, where she's running around hysterical, beautiful, yes. chilly, British mansion post-World uh, War One. Mm. Yeah. I believe. It might have been World War II. Yeah. Now, now I can't remember. I shan't remember. I shan't in a cap. <laughs> but I'm excited that it's finally coming out on Criterion, which also might mean I might finally be able to screen it, which I've been wanting to uh, for a long time. And to me, The Others is like the epitome of the Halloween season. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like very excited about sure. that. Um, I'm trying to think like what other imperative Halloween things that we should discuss before we go. Hmm. I think we've hit a lot of them. Do you have, like, an icon of Halloween that you're really into? Witches is mine, which is how I've gotten bogged down uh, in it like this because I got too excited. Not too excited. There's never enough enthusiasm in the world. But I got very excited and went too deep, and now I'm trying to pull myself out of it. Uh, (laughs) Because I'm just like, there's so much I want to learn. There's so much I want to write about. And I had to, like, calm down and realize I wasn't writing a book. Now I feel like I could, though. You could? Yeah, so. You certainly could. And I should. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, like, the Frankenstein myth is really uh, wonderful to me Ooh. and interesting to me and the, like, vast iterations of Frankenstein. You got to talk to my mom. Linda's, really? Linda's going to love okay. this. Yeah, she wrote into the podcast earlier this year talking about, like, why Frankenstein is so yeah. important. 
Totally. Um, yeah, I love the Frankenstein mythology. I think it's really fascinating. And then I also love the Gollum thing uh, because I'm Jewish and that's like this weird old, you know, Jewish thing. Uh, but like the original Gollum film is like about like this group of people, the Jews that are like build up this monster to protect them. And then it gets out of hand. Um, and so like that is kind of fascinating definitely to me. And, you know, I love a friendly ghost. I remember seeing Casper as a kid and it really had an effect on me. Oh, of course. Christina Ricci, Don uh, Sawa, Ricci, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Oh, R.I.P. Um, Wait, no. No, no Paxton. 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 I was Paxton? like... <laughs> no, isn't it Pullman? No, no, it's Paxton. Oh my God, what is am it, I doing? This is Paxton. reminding me and not a horror thing, but I do have to point out that in uh, college, in my <laughs> sketch team, comedy sketch team, I wrote a sketch called Pullman or Paxton that was <laughs> a game show where people had to guess if something was uh, Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton. Oh my God, I love that. Thank you so much. Was it a <laughs> digital sketch or career. live? It was a live thing. Oh wow, yeah. I'll only be able to imagine it. We could restage it at UCB. <laughs> sure, sure, I'll dig into the archives and see if, <laughs> if I somehow still have it. So this has been vexing you for some time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Pullman, Casper, while you were sleeping, uh, yes. uh, 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 Independence Day. Yes. Paxton, uh, uh, a simple plan, yes. Twister, yes. aliens, near dark. Uh, big love, right? Big love, yeah. Yeah. Frailty. Mm, His yeah. gentle voice. His gentle, sweet voice. Really miss him. Um, yeah. Those are good. Those are good icons. Hey, well, thanks. yeah, and I would love to explore, get into the uh, Jewish folklore since we haven't done that at all on the podcast. Great. Is there anything that we you're can do like it during Hanukkah season? Perfect. <laughs> Put it on the calendar. Is there anything off the top of your head that you're like, I'm excited to get into this with the podcast? Mm. Um, I feel like we're in this like you know, zeitgeisty moment about like just the apocalypse and mm-hmm. like uh, people feeling like they're at the end of the world and ecological horror. And I'm kind of interested in exploring like, especially eco horror, like how long has that been a thing? And you know, um, uh, what are oh. the really early examples of like horror films were about like nature striking back and yes. And a fear um, of, of yeah. nature too, which is really interesting because that actually does relate back to like Samhain mm. and like feeling yeah. like you need to be thankful for the harvest and right. like we're sending this up to the gods of the harvest, the ghosts yeah. of the harvest. Yeah. Uh, so there is, um, I think since the beginning of time, a push pull relationship with loving and respecting nature and then being like terrified that it's yes. going to squash you. Yes. So yeah. I do think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And we just discussed um, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. And so that is going to come out as a Patreon bonus episode. It may already be out. I don't know how. I'm not sure about the releases yet. Sure. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> We're in a transitional period right now. And um, so just a little just a little patience. Greg and I have been friends for three years. Mm-hmm. We worked closely on the podcast before and on other projects, so I'm not at all worried about uh, how well we're going to work together. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard to to switch in the middle of something. True. Changes yes. are always challenging. Yes. So we ask all the already loving and supportive Lanterns to continue to uh, show grace and patience as we switch over mm-hmm. here in the beginning of calendar Halloween season. Wow. Already. Yeah, you're getting in at the best possible time. This is a very exciting moment. Incredible. Yeah, we we only have three months. We only have we three only months. Have <laughs> a quarter of a year. 
You see me, I'm already getting into it. I tell people all the time, don't put pressure on yourself. Appreciate every moment. And then as soon as I start to think about it personally, I'm like, there's not enough time. But this really is the most fun time of the year because you start to see all the decorations Mm -hmm. out and about. Mm -hmm. Wait, do you decorate your house for Halloween? Um, I love carving pumpkins. Yes. Of course. (gasps) Um, Ooh, we should do like a pumpkin party. Yeah, I'm down. And I love I love cooking, so I love to take like the seeds and then do something. Except my wife is allergic to pumpkin seeds. <laughs> right, you have to do that here. <laughs> but I do like roasting pumpkin seeds. Oh my gosh, I didn't um, know that you were a I cooking love person. A pie. I'm not a good baker. I'm really not. But I I'm much better I, yeah. at baking than I am um, regular cooking. Okay, well, opposite for me. Well, I just meant that's a good thing. No, we, it's fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, you know what? This isn't our first fight. Um, <laughs> We've done this before. I'm totally comfortable with arguing with you on the air. This is not weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, other than that, decorating-wise, I don't know. I just love fall colors, though, and I love, oh, you know, I love fall. I love and wear, I think dressing up for the fall. A nice, a nice um, warm sweater for <laughs> our 80-degree weather in yes, Los Angeles. Exactly. There's, that, where, there's an Onion article, like, headline that's like, um, like guy loves wearing, um, a, uh, like an orange sweater and drinking a, a pumpkin spice latte and walking through the, whatever they like post this, like one stereotypical image of like a guy <laughs> who just loves fall. That's me. That's also me. Yeah. Well then you're at the right podcast because Yay, you've right, literally right. just collected every person in the world who also <laughs> likes to do that. There you go. And we're always collecting more. So please tell your friends, tell your fams. Um, tell the witches in your life. Yes. <laughs> yes. That there's a new boy in town. I'm here. And we're going to kick things into high gear. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Craig looks terrified. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for stepping up and wanting to do more with the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, this was a delightful conversation. There's clearly so much we want to discuss. Um, and we're, we're going to have you on more bonus episodes. Great. So if people want to hear more from Greg, you got to subscribe. Yes. To the bonus episodes, either on Spotify or on Patreon. And don't forget that the patrons as, and the, the Spotify-ians uh, are the reason that we can even be here. They're paying for both of us. Yeah. To work. Otherwise, yeah. we couldn't. We'd have to just be at the video store. <laughs> and nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody, our bodies can't handle it. No, no, it's no, a no. lot of standing. I can't. And a lot of reaching. Yeah, a lot of reaching. Too much reaching. I know. No reaching here, though. Good. Thank God. Yeah. I know. That's a step up in that way. Um, all right, Greg. Thank you so much for coming. And let me just make sure there's no more. Okay. We got a couple of questions from the uh, from the Patreon Ghoul Gang today, okay. and we utilize those in our conversations. So thank you, Ghouls, for for writing in and being interested in Greg. And uh, it's not too late. If anybody out there has questions for Greg, uh, concerns, uh, you want to rib him for any reason at all, concerns. just uh, write in. It's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you as always. Greg, thank you for being here. I'm excited for our future together. Thank you for having me and me as well. Yeah. Hooray. Boo, 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 boo. Boom. Those are those sound effects that we're yes, of incorporating soon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lanterns, don't forget to scare us with your ghost stories this season. 
Submit your haunting tales, photographs, art pieces, poems, and or recipes to the Lantern's Way Volume 2 by August 25th. Please send all your materials to the Lantern's Way at gmail.com and visit displacedsnail.com to get your pre-orders in now. For all other spine-tingling stories, please call in to the All Hallows hotline at 802-532-DEAD or write us an eek mail at itsalwayshalloweenpodcast at gmail.com. I am longing to hear your trick-or-treating memories, Halloween party triumphs or disasters, book and movie recommendations, haunted histories, and stories of how Halloween has helped you become the incredible lantern that you are today. As I said at the top of the episode, if you love It's Always Halloween, please subscribe at patreon.com slash itsalwayshalloween, or you can make a one-time donation using our tip jar. We're so thankful to our Patreon ghoul gang for helping us produce every episode of this podcast. Today's episode of It's Always Halloween was co-hosted by me, Lucy Tomlin Brenner, with our newest co-producer and audio engineer and editor and man of all talents, Greg Nussin. Today, we are still celebrating Pete Burns, who has done the editing and theme music. The theme music will always be with us, so Pete will always be in our credits. We are very sad that he has to go, but he will not go from our credits or from our hearts. So as always, thanks, Pete. You can follow the show on Instagram at It's Always Halloween Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy. Pete at Mittenberries and Greg at Greg Nussen. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and write us a little review so that other like-minded lanterns can find us. These are a free and easy way to help us out. We're also on the NPR One app, so subscribe there and tell Ira Glass that you love us. Thanks so much for listening to It's Always Halloween and come back next time. Unless your dad's a dentist and is ruining trick-or-treat night for you.